The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other will be left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you also must be prepared. For at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Noah's Ark. What comes to your mind when I say Noah's Ark? Some of you may be picturing a nice tugboat with an old man with a long beard waving out the window and then a couple of giraffes sticking their neck out in the other window. Or perhaps maybe some of you, when I say Noah's Ark, you picture in your mind a giant shoebox. Maybe about three stories tall, a little bit bigger than a football field, a little wider than a football field. Well, if you are thinking that, it's because you read your Bible. Because the Bible gives us exacting details and tells us the shape of the Ark, of of Noah's Ark. So let's say, for instance, I'm back in those days and I'm in the Starbucks having my breakfast and I look out the window and I see this very strange structure. So I say to myself, now what's Noah up to? So I go up to Noah and I say, hey, Noah, how's it going? A pretty good project you get going here, huh? What is it? He says, it's an ark. I go, oh, it's an ark. What's an ark? He says, it's a boat. And I say to him, how come the, the, the boat is in the shape of a shoebox? How are you supposed to steer the thing? He says, you don't. So that's my question to all of us today, is how, why would God ask Moses to build a boat in the shape of the shoebox and you can't be able to steer the thing? And this is the reason why. It's because in the world you have uh, people are buying and they're selling and they're marrying and they're getting married and they're putting on nice clothes and they're getting nice banquets and they're absolutely, everybody in the world is completely, totally independent of God. They don't need God anymore. So when God saw that nobody needs them anymore, he said, all right, in the shoebox you go. So while you're inside of the shoebox, see, the darkness comes and the rains come and the shoebox being tossed about in the waves, and while you're inside of the shoebox, you have absolutely no future because you can't steer. 
You have absolutely no control and you have no direction. When you're in the shoebox, you are absolutely, completely dependent on God. The way life ought to be. Maybe storms are okay. Maybe storms help us get closer to God. My brother was first learning carpentry from my father. The economy tanked. You couldn't get a job anywhere if it was carpentry. No one was hiring anyone. So unfortunately, my brother was forced to work in a sweatshop for minimum wage at one of these kitchen cabinet outfits. So when he went to work, one of the workers came up to him and says, let me show you how to attach two pieces of wood without using any nails. My brother says, oh, really? So he showed him how to do it. And after he showed him how to attach and fix the two pieces of wood without any nails, he said, so, oh, that's how you do it. And then somebody else came over a little bit later, and he says, uh, let me show you how to build raised panel doors. He says, it's a lot easier than people think. So he showed my brother how to do it. And he says, oh, so my brother says, oh, so that's how you do it. And then somebody else came over and says, let me show you how to varnish wood without any drip marks. It'll come out perfect every time. So he showed my brother how to do it. My brother says, oh, so that's how you do it. So anyway, it was around that time I was being transferred. I came here, and they, my instructions were to fix the, the, you know, the complex up the church and the seminary. So, and I, of course, I needed help. So I hired my brother. So my brother came on the job, and the first thing he says, so what do you want me to do for you? I said, well, one of the things I need is I need elected. I need something, I need a place where I can read the gospel for when I'm at Mass. And he says, well, what kind of electing do you want? I says, a nice one. And he said, okay. So about, he, he took us out about three weeks. Three weeks later, he shows up with this, an octagon, can't believe it. It's like a, it's as big as a closet, something that you would put in a cathedral. I was so impressed, so amazed. I said to him, where did you learn to do that? And he said, I learned a few tricks in the sweatshop. You know, when the economy first tanked, my brother thought it was a curse, thought his life was ended. It ended up a big blessing. Maybe the storms of life, maybe difficulties in life are actually a good thing for us. As you all know, I like to fly fish. I like to, and somebody gave me a bamboo fly rod. It's 50 years old. Amazing. A 50-year-old, it still works. Will you be able to say that about your iPhone? So how, how is it possible that a 50-year-old bamboo rod that has been catching fish for 50 years still works perfectly? Well, I'll be happy to tell you. Because people that make these things, make bamboo fly rods, they get their bamboo only in one place in the world, southeast China. There's a village there, and the reason why they go to this one village is because that's where the worst weather in the world is. The monsoons go right to that village. There's always a storm. And these stalks of bamboo, right, they, they bend over deeply when the wind and the monsoons come and hit them. And then when the wind goes away, the bamboo stalks snap right back up straight again. And because of the wind, because of the monsoons, because of the constant storms that are hitting these bamboo stalks, they produce the strongest fibers in the bamboo in the world. Now you would think that living in that village would be a curse. But none of them are complaining because they make a lot of money on the bamboo. Maybe storms are not so bad. Maybe difficulties and hardships are not so bad. Why? Because they make us strong. 
They make us sad, dependent on God. I think that's the Advent message. Don't be afraid of difficulties in life. They help us. See, get closer to God.